This is Popular Front, a podcast focused on the very niche and kind of geeky details of modern warfare with me, Jake Hanrahan. For this episode, we're speaking to researcher Tom Lord about the anarcho-nihilist urban guerrilla group in Greece that, to be honest, you've probably never heard of, but have caused a lot of chaos in Greece. They have set off huge gas canister bombs, they've tried to assassinate European leaders, and they've got the most insane name you can think of. They are called the Conspiracy of Cells Fire, one of the most militant modern-day anarchist groups in Greece. Um, still active, although the main lot are in prison right now. If you like what we're doing here at Popular Front, please do consider subscribing on the Patreon. You get bonus episodes and more. Patreon.com slash Popular Front. So I think, first of all, let's just explain who is the conspiracy of Cells Fire, why are they called that, and, you know, what are they all about? Because this is a group that outside of Greece, not a lot of people have ever heard of. Yeah, uh, they, they are uh, odd for, for Greek anarchist outfits. They're what, what uh, are, are considered part of the second generation of left libertarian or anarchist movements, though they don't fit within the left uh, ideological sphere so easily. They're, they're better described as a revolutionary anarcho-nihilist urban guerrilla group. Their membership is estimated between uh, to be between uh, a couple dozen, around 30, uh, and then with sympathizers, maybe as many as 100 between Athens and Thessaloniki. Right, so f- first thing people are going to say is, what the fuck is anarcho-nihilism? You know, maybe you can explain what that is. Sure, and also, I mean, uh, I'll just, I'll, I'll, I will quickly note that uh, they're not as nasty as their predece- uh, pre- predecessor groups, um, which fit very firmly within the left-wing tradition, um, the first of which uh, in the first generation was not even anarchist. It was a Marxist-Leninist uh, urban guerrilla group. Um, but w- what sets CCF apart, as a quick note, is that they uh, have, have been very averse to take human life. Um, it's, it's, it's actually a point of division between them and other groups. So, yeah, anarcho-nihilism. Um, to kind of understand the landscape in Greece very quickly, um, the first of these infamous terrorist groups to pop out of Greece was uh, Vekepta uh, uh, Noembri, 17th November, the revolutionary organization, 17th November. Um, it was a group of students. A lot of them were actually from lower class, rural backgrounds. They'd come to Athens to study, be students, or find jobs. Um, and they were part of the uprising against the junta, uh, the, the junta of the colonels, military right-wing junta that ruled from 1967 to 1974. And the, uh, on the night of 17 November 1973, um, these students had pushed the junta to the point where they stormed into the Polytechnio University right there on Octavio Street on the backside, uh, north side that is, of Exarchia, uh, with an AMX uh, French-made main battle tank. They killed purportedly 48 students, and uh, you know this day has been infamous, and it sprung the first uh, generation of these. Um, urban guerrilla outfits that, that have been labeled left libertarian, 17N. Um, and so in, in that tradition, uh, 17N uh, had, a, had an operational career that, that spanned from 1975. Um, its very first action 
was was high profile the assassination of the American CIA chief of station Richard Welch in front of his home um, on the back of a motorbike using a NATO weapon a Springfield uh, 1911 45 ACP handgun um, so this this group got dismantled and uh, in 2002 after one of their members bungled a bombing he'll come back into this story because he has a connection with CCF um, and you know, Greece thought it had really rid itself of its of its uh, urban guerrilla movement on the left and in you know in the libertarian sphere that was not right wing nationalist or neo Nazi violent uh, violence. Um, and then 2008 happened, uh, and what was what what a, a lot of Western observers think that all of the violence that we saw from 2009, which really peaked in about 2012 2013 in Greece before it began to abate was to do with the economic contagion and the spread of that to Europe, particularly impacting Greece. But what preceded that was an event which was really significant, and that was in the Exarchia neighborhood, which you mentioned. And a 15-year-old boy and some of his friends were from an upper-middle-class background that were not, this is noteworthy because Exarchia is uh, a, a rather poor and working-class yeah, forgive me. Yeah, it's a working class neighborhood, but it has this tradition from the early guerrilla movement of the 1970s, as well as just the left wing student movement, the arts movement, etc. Not unlike what we have in the UK and the US. Uh, you know, it's a very hip neighborhood. It's a cool place to hang out. Um, and so these, these teens were there, and this is when the police still had a large presence there, and, and members of uh, a particular pol Greek police unit, uh, ELAS, the, the counterterrorism unit or special commando unit, um, they got into a verbal altercation with this group of teens, and one of these police officers whose trial is actually still underway, the last round of which uh, was, was just in July of this year, uh, he had the nickname Rambo, and he pulled his service weapon, and he, he says he fired it in the direction of the teen. Some of his fellow officers said he fired it directly at this one team. Well, he struck and killed a 15-year-old boy named Alexandros Grigorapoulos. And I'm sure you've seen uh, the memorial to that 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 15 year old boy there in. Uh, yeah, it was I was what like the 10 years since he'd been killed uh, when I me and my friend Connell we went to film for Popular Front last year. Um, yeah, it was very sad. Yes, sir, and that sparked three weeks of insurgency, the likes of which the country has not seen. There was another police-involved shooting with a young boy in 1983, but uh, according to. Greeks, uh, and especially you know, Greek political scientists, Athos Kalivas, etc., uh, this was the most significant uprising in the streets of Greece since 1945. You say insurgency, but it wasn't like they ran out with guns, right? This started off as riots and barricades and molotovs. Well, there were millions of people that just took to the streets in anger and were peaceful. Hundreds of thousands that stayed on the streets for weeks. Tens of thousands that... Uh, perhaps took place in some direct action, not firebombings and things like that, but you know, altercations with uh, another Greek police unit that's noteworthy, the ubiquitous Greek MAT or MAT police. Those are the riot units you see in uh, olive green fatigues with the uh, you know, yellow riding, the white white helmets and the gas masks and the shields. Um, and and then a few thousand or you know, a couple hundred, a few thousand for weeks, uh, uh, behind the smokescreen of large mass mobilization in the streets were not only, you know, uh, partaking in your garden variety 
uh, uh, direct action like throwing rocks and Molotovs at the police, but they were also um, under the cover of these movements and it's, you know in the evening or whatever, um, targeting and firebombing uh, political offices, uh, Greek police sub Hellenic police substations, um, banks. Um, the Mafrin, you know, there's the Marfin Bank uh, firebombing incident in which three employees died. This largely divided the anarchist community. Um, and it was a time of incredible strife, and you can still see the scars all over, all over Athens. I'm sure you've seen I mean, there's actually dated graffiti. 2008 was a big deal, and, and there's, um, there's something in Greece that I've termed insurgent holidays, and there's three big ones, actually. The 17th of November, that will always be a great day where you know, the police has to pump up its presence. They, they can expect violence to be hundreds of thousands on the streets. There's 2008, uh, and I believe the day uh, Grigoropoulos was shot was December 3rd. Um, and the other one more recently uh, is, is, was the assassination uh, by a member of Golden Dawn of anti-fascist rapper Killa P, or Pavlos Fisas. Yeah, who was watching you know, his, his local That's soccer amazing. club and stabbed to death uh, during that by a member of Golden Dawn. And that, in, that incident has actually been the dismantling of Golden Dawn. Well, they retaliated as well, right? There's, there's some incredible footage of, of anti-fascists just jumping off a bike and shooting like three Golden Dawn dead, like straight in the face on the corner of uh, the street. I think that was in retaliation, or at least, you know, I think... Uh, some groups claimed it anyway. You got it, yeah, immediately afterward. And, and there were also bombings of other offices uh, that were not the med main headquarters in northern Athens. Uh, yeah, yeah, they, they absolutely took retaliation immediately. Um, you know, it was a really extraordinary thing. There, there's this three-way interaction in the... In, Greece has two parliaments, uh, that which is in Syntagma, and the parliament of the streets. And in the parliament of the streets, the three main actors are the far left, the far right, and the police. Um, and they really kind of do their own tango, often, often uh, uh, divorced of whatever's going on in the state. But that, that's a separate conversation. Um, so what was really significant about the 2008 insurgency, as I've called it, which lasted three weeks and, and, and Greece just absolutely burned, uh, was not only it, it created a, a period of high mass mobilization that just kind of bled right into the ensuing uh, economic crisis and contagion, but you have to imagine that it also just radicalized a fuck ton of young kids who were, you know, uh, you know, 18, early 20s, etc., um, and just had them in the streets. Um, and after you know showing up to your first demos or whatever, there are always those more hardcore actors, uh, the dudes with gas masks and. Uh, Molotovs, and um, you know that that if you have that martial spirit or whatever, or you're you're very outraged, um, uh, you know that's a very attractive thing. So um, you had that, you had that, you had you had the substrate for these groups, which is exarchia. You know, it's just always kind of been a haven for left-wing and libertarian, even individual libertarian uh, uh, guerrillas because the police have, have kind of had a policy of not going into Exarchia or keeping people from going into Exarchia. The policy has been keeping Exarchia's radical bullshit from spilling out into downtown Greece, right? Um, and so, you know, this is, it's always, Exarchia's always been kind of an incubator of it. You know, they, they, if you go there, you know very well, you know, they have Vox, the squatted coffee house, um, yeah. places like this, the square alone, you can just sit there and speak with anarchists and, you know, if, if you're, uh, 
if you're of that persuasion, you're leaning that way, it can be a pretty radicalizing experience. Um, and then you start networking with them. I have to, I have to say, like, Exarchia is fucking incredible. Like, uh, I, I've been to a lot of places kind of like that. But you go to Exarchia, like, it's, it's kind of beautiful in this weird way. Like, it does, to me at least, it feels, like, real. There are a lot of places that try to do what Exarchia does. And, like, I can definitely understand how a young man there could be radicalized into anarchism whilst being around all that stuff and the police just being brutal, you know? Yeah, and I also, and, and you'll totally agree with me this, too. I kind of want to piss out the fire of the idea that it's this really scary place of gorillas because there's so much beauty to what's happening there, too. I believe it was 2009, 2010, yeah. the... the the government, uh, uh, you know, the city government of Athens, which was just going over the top with development, even though you have crumbling buildings in the city, wanted to build a goddamn car park in the middle of this beautiful old neighborhood. And the kids, the anarchists of that neighborhood, uh, in a very kind of lost boys way, if I can romanticize it, fought that off and fought the state and fought the map police. And they created this beautiful park, which you know, which sits on that slope. And it has... Uh, you know, like at the worst of the economic crisis, they have uh, chicken coops that are producing eggs for the little old ladies that live there and tomatoes and onions and shit. And, uh, you know, it's a place where you can go serenade your girl uh, on the guitar on one of those rickety little benches and smoke a joint, you know? Yeah, like I think that's really worth saying as well. Like, the, you know, they're doing the eggs and stuff and there's little um, allotments and whatever for the community. Like, exactly, it is chaos, but there's also, you know, some good stuff going on there as well, you know? Yes, and my first foray into Exarchia, uh, there was, there was, you know, there were heroin dealers, um, uh, and those kind of slowly got pushed out. And then uh, my, you know, my one of my middle trips. I've been there several times, but this would have been in 2016. Um, some of the anarchist groups were getting so militant towards drug dealers that, you know, right before I was going to have my lunch uh, there at Cafe Exarchis, right there in the square, um, off of Themistocleos, I believe. Uh, some anarchists rolled up on a motorbike and shot and killed a Egyptian drug dealer who went by the nom de guerre Habibi. Habibi. Yes. Yeah. 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 I know about this. They shot him in the head, right? Yeah. Sure. Because he was pumping, pumping the community with heroin. You know, like, so you were there when that happened? Yes. Yeah. 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 I was not. Fuck, I was, man. Yeah. yeah. Indeed. Um, so I've seen the I've seen the neighborhood change a lot, and as you know, and this is worth mentioning for your audience as well. One of the reasons that Exarchia is a haven for this sort of activity is its relationship to the Polytechnio University. And after the Metapolitefsi, which was Greece's return to democracy after the junta collapsed and in 1975, the democracy was uh, the, the the constitution was redrafted. Uh, police up and up until the Mitsotakis administration, this new administration elected in July, have been constitutionally forbidden from entering universities because of the massacre on the 17th of November 1973. And, and for this reason, uh, the police have also uh, not been forbidden from entering Exarchy, and it's always been understood that plainclothes operatives uh, come in and out of there, but it's really bold of them um, you know, to bring in the MAT or, or the counter-terror or something like that. It's going to be a very provocative move. Right, so let's let's talk about CCF then. Out out from this craziness and all this chaos that happened in 2008, that's where CCF really kind of came together, right? That's right, and uh, compared to the 
the generation before them and a group that was a little more mature than them, Revolutionary Struggle, is a small cell. Um, you know, they're, they're well known too because you know it's kind of a Bonnie and Clyde situation, uh, anarchist love couple. Uh, I forget the male's name and then Rupa is the uh, female's last name. I mean, their operational profile is insane. They you know fired RPGs at the German embassy, um, got a hold of weapons immediately. CCF. Um, was really kind of juvenile in its first few attacks in that it was this rash of firebombings in the winter of what would have been 2009 uh, that attacked car dealerships, really disparate targets of banks. Um, uh, They didn't even hit any hard targets like police substations, I, I don't believe. So, but how did they form? Do we know this? I know they're a very secretive group, but what, how did the CCF come together? I, I found them incorrectly described as leaderless resistance, which has um, a really, you know, when I think of leaderless resistance, I think of hard right uh, movements and, and you know, like Al-Qaeda, lone wolf actors. These guys aren't lone wolves. There's a really local thing to them. Um, uh, the thing is that a lot of a lot of the CCF recruits um, and those who are in jail actually come from middle upper middle class backgrounds, fairly privileged. Uh, maybe knew one another in private school. They're all fairly well educated, um, and the networks were were probably formed during um, these protests, like the actions. Uh, that they were that they were escalating on the streets. So you know you can you can see an evolution of their protests in 2008 when it went from just rage and throwing rocks to really interesting tactics like getting large laser beams on the street to blind whole phalanxes of police and things like this. And you know kids started coordinating with all of this and developing networks in pretty organic ways. And CCF are people who know each other very much. So right, they they met on the road like. They met on the streets as they're all clashing in that time period. Yes, and this was also before WhatsApp uh, and before you know a lot of those encrypted uh, uh, chat apps. So I, it's a very organic thing, or at least it began that way. And they had tremendous sympathy because of uh, their PR campaign. One of the things that CCF made great use of, kind of the way that the hard right in, in, in the United States originally made use of Stormfront, was a website called Indie Media, and Athens.indiemedia.org is is of course the the Greek portal for it, um, and and really you know if, if these days if you have a wiki translator or you speak Greek, uh, you can be up up to news on all the happenings in the anarchist world because um, you know if they're trying to get some sort of uh, solidarity capital of it or some other immaterial resources out of it through their comrades or uh, by provoking their adversaries, they're going to post it on Athens.IndyMedia. Right, so they met on the streets, clashing, what have you, and then they came together. Why did they call themselves Conspiracy of Cells Fire? What does that mean? Or the, the other, the alternative name is what? Conspiracy of Cells Fire Nuclei? Like In Greek, it doesn't sound nearly as goofy. It's Sinomosia ton pirinon disvotias. Right, that sounds cool. To be honest, I think Conspiracy of Cells Fire sounds cool, but a lot of people don't. I think it's a trash name, and that's just my, that's just my opinion, man. Um... It is very edgy, uh, and it reflects. I mean, a lot of like most of CCF's members, uh, at least you know during their formation, were well under the age of 25. You know, 25 might have been the age of the oldest member there, uh, and it was it was. This is an important thing. Um, so today, CCF 
really has its main presence in prison. During CCF's peak, during its height, it had two presences. There was the CCF on the street, which had not been captured and was still operating, and there was the comrades in prison who were carrying on the struggle at the final frontier of the struggle, which is prison. This this also sets CCF apart from other uh, Greek outfits uh, of their family movement. You know, they're largely into themselves, but the movement the movement is all made up of like younger kids in their 20s. Um, they they had no direction from any of the older generations until some of them started getting arrested for high profile attacks and they started liaising with members of the older generation 17N and there's an interesting story about this that, that I have to bring up the, the two actually came together and it, it was negative but it was a really immature movement actually and you can not only see this in, in the release of their early communiques but also in their operational profile and I don't know conspiracy of cells of fire is to me like a very kind of Lost Boys or like Lord of the Flies, uh, you know, is the name that you and your edgy friends at the skate park would call your group if you guys started a little terrorist outfit. But what does it even mean? I have no idea. I mean, so obscure. Yeah, I don't know anyone that really knows. <laughs> it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Um, they, they've also started, all right, so they had a prison wing and they renamed the prison wing Nucleus of the Imprisoned Members of the Organization. Uh, or like, for instance, Greek anarchism is so tribal and almost so Mad Max. Like, in every other Western country, you have street gangs, and in your country, you have soccer hooligans, your football hooligans, right? Not anymore, but we used to. The the British anarchist movement is kind of rich kids that hide behind the police when shit really goes bad. So we don't have that, but we do have gangs, certainly. In Greece, you have, I mean, there are drug gangs and all that, but a lot of them form. In Greece, you, you, like if you're an edgy teenager and you want to get into some sort of organized violence, it's political, which is really unique. I mean, um, you know, if you're an Olympiakos fan and you're from a certain uh, suburb, you'll you'll be a member of uh, Kryptia, which is a neo-Nazi organization that's a small cell that kind of splintered off or, you know, is the younger street movement of Golden Dawn before it began fracturing um, or something like that. Or, you know, if you're if you're a left-wing minded young man uh, and you're hanging out in Exarchia or a young woman, um, you're, you're going to join some kind of anarchist outfit and they prop up all the time. So now that there are serious crackdowns in this year of our Lord 2019 going on in Exarchia. Uh, there was a new group that was just formed overnight called something ridiculous like the Dissemination for the Protection of the Comrades of Exarchia. These groups will pop up and rebrand overnight and there's thousands of them. What's unique about CCF is that uh, it's been enduring and people try to restoke it and, and, and bring it back to life. Well, let, let's let's talk first, though, about what they actually did, because these guys were hardcore. These weren't just, you know, they started off throwing Molotovs, but they got very serious. Maybe you can tell us, you know, how, how they grew to, you know, a full on guerrilla movement rather than just kids with Molotovs. What caught the attention of um, of international counterterrorism forces, international security forces and the intelligence communities was uh, their parcel bombing campaign, 2011. And they had fairly sophisticated enough weapons, began with the Embassy of Mexico, which is to me is such a mystery, why they would choose that country. It's bizarre, but this is where one person was truly injured trying to open up one of these parcels. And uh, they were badly injured. It was a pretty serious event. 
and then you know the the Greek apparatus, counterterrorism apparatus, immediately began scrutinizing all the mail uh, that had recently come in uh, to mailing centers and found parcels by the group addressed to Angela Merkel, to Nicolas Sarkozy, then uh, a French president, um, uh, the former uh, Italian uh, prime minister uh, Silvio Berlusconi, um, and it was significant because it shut down all mail in Greece for 48 hours. It was a, it was a really big deal, and it was it was a big upgrade uh, or evolution in, in their capabilities from just their you know kind of angsty street kid firebombing attack. So they were making um, pretty efficient mail bombs. Decent enough, um, you know. I've 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 heard them described. Uh, I, I don't think they were concussive devices. I think uh, they resulted in serious burn. They might have had the ability to kill a person. Um, and you know, I do I do not have the forensic knowledge or ballistic knowledge uh, to tell you what exactly was in them. Nor have I I've seen that in any English source. So I have no idea. But uh, it was, the threat was taken very seriously. Then uh, thereafterwards, uh, a couple a couple of their members were captured after trying to mail a few of these parcel bombs, um, and they were they were wearing uh, Kevlar vests. They had uh, a couple of uh, Austrian Glock 17s on them, nine millimeters, um, and they were captured and arrested. Uh, then they upped the ante a little bit, and they dropped the bomb uh, in you know Syntagma Square very well near Parliament. Uh, and it was actually during a session, uh, open session in Parliament, dropped the bomb in a uh, uh, trash can <coughs> in Syntagma Square, and they called it in, um, which is you know an, another unique aspect. They, it, it, as, as far as I know, CCF has never uh, openly targeted avilian, civilians and has always done uh, their utmost to, to avoid loss of life. But um, they called the attack in, and uh, police recovered the device, uh, and that that was that. Uh, they also bombed the courthouse in 2010, uh, just two years after they were formed. If I'm not mistaken, it was a vehicle-borne IED attached to a motorcycle. Yeah, 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 motorcycle VBID, uh, yes. Right, right. And and what was the result of that? Did it just kind of scorch the outside of the building? I've never seen any photos. Yeah, like windows and stuff. But the, the big one they did, I think, was the was like a journalism place or something. Like they blew something up there, or like a, a news agency or something. Right, right. Um, here's the interesting thing about them as well. All right, so so it, it was really around 2011, 2013, where a lot of them started getting arrested. Um, most of them ended up in Corridalos prison. Uh, now a lot of them are in Domokos prison, which is in central Greece. Um, they're trying to separate, you know, there was a whole wing of Corridalos prison, which was just like uh, various generations of hard left uh, revolutionaries that were all interacting with one another. Um, there's a good anecdote about that. Uh, I, I've said that, that CCF has not been able to be placed uh, politically because they haven't really made any uh, class criticisms of the state apparatus. Um, you know, they don't use your typical Marxist-Leninist language. But what they always do is give homage to the previous generation, and they they really se celebrated 17N, um, uh, at, at least in in the beginning of their operational career. Um, 
And so a weird thing about the Greek justice system is that, all right, uh, really quickly on, on 17 November, um, the original Greek uh, Marxist-Leninist uh, guerrilla group, uh, the reason they were dismantled was because one of their lower level members, whose name was Christodoulos Savas Heroes, bungled a bombing in 2002. He actually injured himself and he was captured and the leader turned himself in and uh, you know 15 other members, etc., uh, you know, all went to prison. Um, and, and this guy, Greece, especially under Syriza, but this is not under Syriza, but especially under Syriza, gives furlough to terrorists. Well, like, especially left-wing terrorists, they will they will they will let these guys you know out of their home for a week for or out of out of prison for a week to their home you know and supervised release for um, a week. This is a really strange thing, and so but this actually happened under the the current government is Neo Democratia, New Democracy, and Mitsotakis is the prime minister's predecessor within his party before Syriza uh, had overseen the release of this moron who bungled the 17N bombing, Savas Hiros. And, and this is, Savas Hiros went on the run and from a safe house in central Greece, uh, posted a, a video, uh, you know, about how he's going to carry on the revolutionary struggle, etc. Well, the safe house was stormed by Greek counterterrorism police. He was arrested. He was found to have dynamite, detonators, uh, all kinds of small arms, you know, automatic weapons, a lot of, a lot of, yeah, a lot of shit, and and the plan was um, to stuff an SUV as well as a small kind of Toyota utility pickup truck full of explosives, park it on the wing of Corydalos Prison, which houses CCF and other left libertarian terrorists, and blow the wall after giving all their members a four notice. The plan would have caused serious damage as well as massive loss of life within the prison is, itself. Like they had a shit ton of explosives. They didn't have enough people to carry it out. And what's unique was that Savas Heroes, this this you know at this point, 50 something year old guy or you know 60 year old guy, old school fucking Greek terrorist, uh, had been communicating with young CCF kids when they first got arrested uh, after their first actions. Um, the parcel bombing campaigns and the attacks on uh, private property, car dealerships, etc. And these kids were going into Corridalos prison and they really, you know, a, a unique thing about CCF unlike the former generations is that they feel that prison is another campaign for the struggle, much like the IRA. Um, you know, it is a place to have hunger strikes, etc. This, this was not the case with 17N, except for a couple of members, uh, the leader included, Kufodinas. Um, most of their revolutionary spirit really petered out once they got arrested and they, they were dealing with the doldrums of prison. But CCF has been committed to the struggle within prisons. And so they liaise with members like Savas Hiros of the old generation who they've been praising in their communiques on the media, etc. And when Savas Hiros' safe house got stormed, it turned out to be a CCF safe house. It had been bought, financed, uh, and belonged to younger members our age. Um, if, if you're in your you know late 20s, early 30s uh, uh, of, of CCF, and um, there were some there were some internal communications of which Savas Hiros was not uh, uh, aware, in which CCF was actually planning on using him to execute the attack in Corridalos Maximum Security Prison, and then they were going to quote unquote retire him or execute him 
And they were getting really pissed off because the older generation uh, was actually trying to hijack the movement and they were too attached to all that quote-unquote Marxist-Leninist bullshit. Um, and this young, like very individualistic, nihilist, revolutionary outfit just wasn't buying it, man. Yeah, well, let's talk about their ideology a little bit more now because this is where it's very, very interesting in my opinion. Now, often you'll see... You know, Marxist, Leninist, blah, blah. A lot of hardcore communists around these days are very trendy. Even the anarchists, you know, like the anarchists are, are around. But these guys are a very, very specific type of anarchism, right? Like you did explain, but maybe we can talk more about, you know, what they actually believe in. I've read their communiques. Um, you sent me one today, but I, I didn't get a chance to read it. But when I was doing my piece on them years ago, I remember reading all their stuff and... They're they're not looking for any left solidarity. They don't want any of that, right? They're uh, they're very much about themselves. So so I guess what what would you ex say? Like what do they believe in? If you can bear it out, I have a hard time making heads or tails of it because I mean, listen, I'm I'm kind of a rigid academic, um, <laughs> and they have great ideological flexibility. So. Uh, would, would, would you would you entertain me in reading the first paragraph or second paragraph of, of one of their documents called The Sun Still Rises? And this paragraph is chaptered The Path from Spark to Flame. Of course, this is one of their manifestos, right? Right, right. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Read it, man, definitely. Uh, all right. From the very beginning, we rejected the idea of a centralist model and chose to start from the basis of individual initiatives that wanted to collectivize. What emerged during this organizational meetings were issues of coherence, consistency, individual and collective responsibility, and direct action as a means of transforming our words into deeds. At group meetings, each comrade had the opportunity to propose a plan of attack, thereby opening up a debate on planning, timing, political analysis, and operational problems posed by a given target's location. During these discussions, there was no guarantee that we would reach agreement. Opposing arguments sometimes developed into powerful dialectic, especially regarding the strategy and prioritization of timing, and quite often there was more than one proposal, so we'd have to choose which we were going to select and which we were going to keep in storage, yada yada. All right, this, and this is more operational stuff, but I, I have never actually uh, gotten a, a solid handle on what their worldview is. I mean, if anything, they just seem like really pissed off kids. The best I got actually was a piece of CCF graffiti, um, and this means nothing to me other than the fact that they're just very edgy kids, um, and it was in Exarchia, and it said, you are peaceful dreamers, uh, or you are peaceful sleepers, we are chaotic dreamers. Uh, welcome to Exarchia. So I think from what I understand it is their ideology is, um, it's kind of, to a degree, it's like anti-civ. So it's like anti-civilization. I think they're in that bracket. I'm sure there's a thousand anarchists will hear this and scream at me for saying that, but I'm pretty sure that's their kind of thing. They're, they're you know, kind of individualists, almost Max Sterner-ish, you know, like all things mean nothing to me kind of vibes from what I gather. But even that, they wouldn't allow themselves to be penned into an ideology like that. You know, I think they're very much trying to be um their own thing but yeah I, I mean i don't know i mean anarcho nihilism what does that mean to you in the modern day 
Well, I, I have no idea, and, and the thing is that if they're really a, a nihilistic, individualistic group, or individualistic group, they don't they don't operate as such because they're actually a really tight knit network. Um, the, the thing is that rhetorically, they have never made left wing criticisms against uh, classism uh, or against uh, the state or um, otherwise. If, if 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 anything, you only get a real sense of. of their position on the left-right spectrum, where they where they put put themselves uh, place themselves in relation to other anarchist organizations. So, like they say, um, uh, all right, versus all right versus other anarchist organizations, they'll say like, on the contrary, we position ourselves as enemies directly against the polymorphism of cafe gossip, species in university auditoriums, leadership roles, etc. It's like you're saying. Um, uh, and, and what they call the parasites within the anarchist milieu. Um, I, I think that they tried to position themselves as the militant vanguard of a movement that was happening, and clearly according to their communiques, they saw from 2008 until about 2013 as being a critical time in Greek history to mobilize a new generation. And they pay a lot of homage to the old left-wing movements but they've they've never ascribed to any left wing or Marxist ideology. Um, Yo, they're, they're anarchists. I mean, you can argue that anarchism is actually neither left or right. Essentially, at its core, you know. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I guess you have, you have like Bob Black who hates leftism. Oh yeah, but he he's he's bonkers. <laughs> yeah, he's gone mad. You have a lot of people who ascribe to Murray Bookchin, etc., who are who are about that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I think. You know, you know, you feel familiar with like post-left anarchy. Like to me, I feel like CCF is somehow the kind of post-left anarchist guerrilla group. You know, which sounds mad, but basically, from where I see it, they're they're sick of all of this bullshit of like, you know, this sensitive. Oh, don't do this, don't do that. They're like brass tacks back to the basics: anarchism, militancy like destroy you know they don't they're not into solidarity like they really fucking hate corporate and industrial and modern society they are a far well not even far left but they are a revolt against the modern age that's a very good way of putting it yeah and i i think you know i'm sure themselves will scoff and if they heard this somehow they would be like these guys don't know what they're talking about but frankly i don't think they particularly know exactly what their ideology is because that's the very nature of what they're into. You know what I mean? It's like, no, we're not being pinned down into this group because that's just this kind of Western capitalist idea. Even certain strands of anarchism and all the communism now, it's kind of like, you know, easily controllable, not very dangerous opposition. You know, it's controlled opposition. It's like, eh, it's fine. It's not going to do anything. Whereas these guys are the thorn, right? A reason to admire them is they kind of skip all the bullshit. Like, if there's this... If there's this trend in in the especially in the Western world of disaffected uh, males with all this martial spirit who like fucking put themselves through the ideological exercise of uh, going through radical Islam and joining ISIS or becoming a fucking neo-Nazi, CCF just kind of fucking waged war for the sake of waging war because they knew society was fucked, but these kids didn't really have the fucking maturity to work out what structurally was fucked about it. 
or what to do about it. Yeah, and from what I remember reading some of their old stuff, they're kind of saying, like, we don't really need a direction. We are the natural uh, aggression, and it's natural to fight back. We're not, you know what I mean? It was very, like, vague, but almost they're reveling in that, from what I remember. So how, how did they all start getting arrested? There must have been, like, some serious... Um, operations. I do remember reading on No State years ago. It was called like Operation Something to scoop them all up, right? Yeah, you're right. That happened. There, what there was, you know, they stormed. They never. These kids didn't didn't have any squats or whatever uh, that were significant. Uh, they might have had gathering points, places, safe houses, something like that. But you wouldn't kind catch them in the, you know, Vox and the coffee shops. Uh, there were a couple of high-profile incidents, and this is a good place for me to plug in that anecdote that, that I treasure. Uh, so you probably recall this, actually. In 2013, there was eight anarchists, uh, not all CCF members, just a milieu of anarchists who knew one another, uh, and armed with AK-47s or Kalashnikov-style rifles. They armed a bank and a post office in the Greek province, northern province of Macedonia. They were chased across the goddamn province, and four of them ended up holding out with these Kalashnikov-style rifles and a 27-year-old medical student. They didn't harm this guy at all. The police did, though, when they stormed in. When the police stormed in, they beat the living shit out of uh, these four people. One one police officer was injured. It's not clear that that happened, uh, occurred uh, according to a gun, gunshot. What's significant about the four people who were arrested, these four anarchists, one of whom, and I guarantee you saw this chap's photo, his name is Nicolaos Romanos. Um, his face looked like absolute hamburger meat, right? He got the shit beaten out of him by the cops. And they did a real scrub job of trying to doctor it up on Photoshop, right? Uh, and Amnesty International, et cetera, were saying torture. I don't know about that. I, I think, you know, I think the Greek police were you know, maybe just heavy-handed when, when storming the place, but they beat the shit out of this kid. This kid is significant because he was a, one of the best friends, close friends, of Alexandros Grigoropoulos, that 15-year-old who was shot and killed in Nixarchia in 2008 and sparked the three-week insurgency. And another member of this four-person cadre was Yanis Michalidis. And Yanis Michalidis uh, is, is known as the Syntagma Archer. In 2011, he was arrested at the pitch of Greek protests against the state because of uh, austerity measures under Samaras, uh, Neo-Democratia, the current, uh, current party that's ruling. And, and this crazy-ass kid, there's many photos of him, would be popping out of uh, you know hundreds of thousands of people in this crowd and firing a steel recurve bow at phalanxes of MAT police towards uh, uh, Parliament in Syntagma. Oh, it's the archer. He, th this man is the Syntagma archer, and he is also a member of Sinemosieton Pirenon Tisfotias, or CCF. Um, and he was arrested then in 2011, let go, and then arrested again after this bank and post office robbery in 2013. Uh, he was in Corridalos prison, from what I understand, and maybe Domokos, and then he was put on an agricultural prison, and he actually escaped on the 7th of June of this year, and he is still at large. Uh, and two of his other CCF comrades also uh, knocked over a bank or attempted to uh, this year. So they are still alive and well. But it seems like most of their members are are serving prison sentences that resulted from very high-profile action 
the, the most significant of which was the parcel bombing campaign targeting leaders of foreign countries. Right. So, so the archer is, is free right now. He, he's on the run. Loose, yes. Yeah, he has not been recaptured. Run free, Archer, run free. <laughs> if you've seen a picture of this chap, man, he's in like a... a, a I've seen it, it's insane. He's got like a woolly hat on and he's pulling a fucking bow like Robin Hood, man. It's amazing, yeah. I mean, I shouldn't say it's amazing. Like, it's fucking, if he had anyone to kill them, like, it's fucked. But you know what I mean? It's it's a wild situation, definitely. Brother, in the United States, if you were firing like a recurve bow with real shafts at police officers, you'd be looking at 15 years or something like that. And the fact that the Greeks, and this is so funny, this is one of the reasons that I, I love the country. They just have a totally different view on this sort of deal and political violence as well because it's so pervasive. But the fact that, you know, this kid would have his sentence commuted to like a very comfy agricultural prison sentence where you can escape from the farm is... God damn it, I laughed for days when I read that headline. Yeah, like, no wonder we got out. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, Christ. So, where is CCF at right now? Because I know they haven't vanished, you know. Like you said, a lot of them have been put into prison. But over the last two years, if I remember rightly, maybe even last year or maybe 2017, there was actually another run of attacks that were attributed and claimed by CCF. They tried to attack a German finance minister, Wolfgang Schäuble. That's that's right, that's right. Yeah, and it was part of like Operation Nemesis, I think they called it. I was reading some of the, the Anaco channels. Project Nemesis. Yeah, yeah, like maybe you can talk about what they're up to now and explain all that. So here's the deal is that the known membership of CCF is naturally that which was in Corridalos prison and now Domokos prison, right? The ones who were arrested, right? And we have a couple dozen. Uh, but we, but their network on the ground and the nature of Greek anarchist groups. So like the fact that the Syntagma Archer was arrested with three other anarchists who had AK-47s that were not a part of CCF just shows the transitory nature of and relationship of individual anarchists moving laterally across movements, which rebrand. And they will, they will have a little group Right now, there are major crackdowns going on in Exarchia because the Mitsotakis administration wants to deal with the lawlessness and the drug gangs, etc. So little groups will pop up overnight, such as the group for the dissemination of the comrades of the protection of Exarchia, just for a three-week campaign and then go underground. And it's all the same people who are interacting. You know, one of the enduring and then more laughable and clownish groups that exists is Rubiconas or the Rubicon. But... CCF, <clears throat> if it exists on the streets, I'm sure there are people who are involved in planning and some who are involved in operations, but I'm sure most of whom were involved in operations have been uh, targeted and incarcerated by the uh, Greek counterterrorism unit. Um, they've gotten really efficient, even under uh, the Syriza government. Right, but they, they, tell us about the attacks they did then recently in the last two years, because they kind of came out the blue, or it seemed to me. It was just the one, actually. That was Project Nemesis, and, and they, you know there was another parcel bombing campaign. Um, it, 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 it targeted uh, German finance minister Wolfgang Schäuble, I think maybe uh, Christine Lagarde at the IMF, right? Um, and there was an employee at the IMF, this is definite, there was an employee uh, that was injured at IMF headquarters in Paris uh, in March of 2017. Yeah, and they did some other weird shit, like they poisoned some drinks or something, like some weird stuff was happening, I can't remember, like perfume or something at some like expensive place. But yeah, they, they so they're still active, like that was a pretty substantial bomb. 
Yes, it was. And what was really shocking this year, actually, um, and so it was first reported in uh, the center-right Greek Daily, and you have to mention this with every Greek newspaper because they all absolutely have a very serious political bias. Now in the United States, it is so as well. Um, it didn't used to be. We used to have objective news. But uh, uh, the, the center-right paper, Kathamerini, uh, originally just reported as a uh, armed robbery with two individuals, but these two are definitely CCF individuals, had on their laptops a copy of uh, The Sun Will Continue Rising, or part of that manifesto I read from, etc. And then uh, now, of course, you have the Greek, uh, the Syntagma Archer, who's on the loose and free. But whatever exists on the streets presently outside of prison has to just be a sympathetic network, and it's probably dissolved and re-metastasized into other smaller groups or movements. Right. So they're still out there somewhere. Yeah. Um, let me give you a quick analog, actually. So Golden Dawn, Lagos in Desmos, Avgi, Popular Front, Golden Dawn, the neo-Nazi party cum militia. Nothing to do with us. <laughs> Definitely not. Yeah, 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 right. Uh, yeah, forgive me. Um, these these chaps are being taken down because of the Pablo's Fisas, Fisas uh, assassination. Um, they, they they existed. Their 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 leader Mikel Oliakos, um, you know, he was a street thug and ran a street thug paramilitary movement in the 70s and 80s. Tried to legitimize himself in the 90s and 2000s. Um, be a party coup militia. They're going back to the streets. Um, you can see little youth splinter movements. Um, uh, from the, the far and hard right, like I said, Kryptia. They named themselves off of, after a ancient Spartan group that used to go out and uh, hunt and kill the strongest among the Hoplite population to keep the slaves in check. They were uh, a militant fascist, well, proto-fascist uh, youth youth movement, paramilitary movement. Um, you you see the you know Greek Greek street movements rebrand themselves for particular campaigns as well as to avoid the scrutiny of law enforcement. Um, so I'm sure there are, in terms of planning and operational capabilities and sympathizers, uh, a lot left of CCF in Exarchia. We're probably going to see a lot of it come back to the surface as Exarchia continues to be cr uh, cracked down upon and as Greek police enter Greek universities. This is going to be extraordinarily unpopular. It's going to piss a lot of people off. And for this reason, if we don't see a third iteration of CCF, and I say that because a second popped up after the first and main core got arrested, um, if we don't see a third iteration of CCF, because that's such a popular and useful and unique brand in terms of the ideology that you and I have struggled to describe, uh, we, we will see similar groups um, or even groups that have evolved from that kind of uh, individualistic um, revolutionary anarcho-nihilism. <laughs> yeah, like let's talk about that actually. You know, this is something a lot of people have been messaging me and saying, Jake, go back to Exarchia, film it. The police are, you know, clashing. It's going to be big. And I have to tell everybody, the problem is every time you try to film an Exarchia, the anarchists want to smash you in the head with hammers because they don't like press. You know, they say, oh, we don't get a fair shot from the press, but then they try to attack independent journalists like myself. Um, I've even seen them going at like um, unicorn right people as well. So, you know, we, we try to film with them, but one group will say, yeah, yeah, you can film with us. And then the next group 
they'll say, well, you, we didn't say you can film here, so it's, it's hard to film. But, but anyway, let's explain what's happening in Exarchia right now. It, it's really a, a very critical point. Right, so in August, uh, the Constitution was reformed. Um, that, that is after uh, Syriza, Sinaspimos, um, Rizos Pasticas Avistras, the coalition of the radical left who has, has ruled in coalition uh, since 2015. They are on their way out. They left. And the Greek people elected the center-right Neo-Democratia party. Uh, Prime Minister Mitsotakis. Mitsotakis uh, considers the anarchism and the drug dealing of Exarchia to be a legacy of Syriza. He considered a lot of the anarchist groups to be Syriza's street army. As a quick footnote on this, that's absolute bullshit. Yeah, of course, they're anarchists. How could that be possible? In 2016, I saw anarchists in Thessaloniki storm into Syriza's offices, uh, overtake them, push the windows out, and drape their own banners because they were pissed because the police were raiding uh, anarchist squats that were housing refugees. So the, the anarchists are not Syriza's street army, but this is the rhetoric coming out of Neo Demokratia. And so not only did they reform the constitution, police are now allowed to enter some really troubling and lawless spaces in universities and cast out anarchist squats there. Um, it was kind of a serious deal. You know, economic students and political science students and shit would be assaulted just going to and from class. And that's not appropriate, in my opinion, as an academic. Well, yeah, like let them fucking learn, you know what I mean? Right, yeah, exactly, exactly. And form their own goddamn opinions. You're kind of a crypto-fascist at that point, but that's just my, my criticism. Um, but Exarchia now has been targeted, and I'm really, really concerned about this um, because outside of the assassination of drug dealers, which you and I have mentioned, uh, you know, outsiders have, if, if you were just a random person with a, a decent heart, who was curious about what was going on in that neighborhood, um, you would not be as assaulted, you would be accepted. You might be nipped on the ass by a random dog, there's a lot of strays and things like that, but uh, but it's a pretty wholesome place and the police have always, and the right wing especially, has always had it in their sights. But, but the we should mention here though, like the anarchists are literally helping and housing refugees there. Like, they're letting them live in squats. They're helping them live in squats and stuff. And uh, so on the backside of this, I've done a great deal of refugee research in uh, semi-permanent uh, well, uh, semi camps, UNHCR sanctioned transit camps, and then urban spaces that house refugees. And the best conditions I've ever seen for these refugees are anarchist squats that have managed to get the lights on, have a cook place, women don't get sexually assaulted in these buildings, they have their own areas, um, you know, there's their own place for children, they often have education that's divorced of uh, uh, political ideology, um, you know, there's services, there's community gardens, they're pretty decent. Were I a refugee from Syria, I would rather be living in an anarchist squat in Exarchia than I would a UNHCR tent. Wow, that that's and that that's from someone you've done all the research as well, right? And you've been there, so that's amazing. And it, to be honest, I've seen UNHCR tents as well, and I I definitely hear, hear where you're coming from there. Yeah, I mean, I'm, we're talking about a place where you can have your own room. Uh, if you have a couple of kids and you're a single woman and your husband didn't make it, your own little, you know, uh, uh, propane stove, a uh, sink, a privy, um, you know, just and, and you won't be sexually assaulted coming and going from getting fresh water. So the police are basically trying to chase all that out. 
I haven't seen that much resistance though. Like I know there's clashes, but I haven't seen anything that looks any different from what happens so often there. Within the last 72 hours, there have been uh, groups that are forming. However, because of the flash of action against, listen, I, I, every time I'm in Greece, I, I, in Athens particularly, I stay in Exarchia right off of Octorio. I get off at the Ammonia uh, station, and if it's past 9.30, you know, my eyes and, and my, my face just sting because there's CS gas. The, the anarchists from the Polytechnia are doing their nightly tango with the MAT cops. They're throwing Molotovs and all that, and that bullshit happens every night, but, um, it, you know, it, not that much of a nuisance. The police are really cracking down on squats that have nothing to do with the militancy um, and have nothing to do with planning and operations. Uh, these are the kind of anarchists who do a lot of guerrilla gardening and a lot of community work and don't really focus on the violent aspect of that. And so people should also understand, or your audience should also understand, there's a huge universe of anarchists within Exarchia, some of whom have never in their lives dreamed of building a Molotov cocktail. Well, the first uh, misconception is, anarchy oh you want anarchy bro with no rules and did it like like the, the definition of the word anarchy is not the same as political anarchism for a start but then there's the other side of it is like um you know like you've just said like there, there are plenty of people there that are anarchists that don't fight and it's it's i don't know I, it's a very interesting place and it'd be a real shame if the police do manage to to kind of take it over and also the the airbnb are fucking trying to turn exarchia into uh, like a fucking like powwow for for rich kids from europe and i've seen some um some uh, you know actions where the anarchists are like smashing up the airbnb places and they sprayed on the wall um exarchia is not your museum the day you have guided paid tours to see the graffiti of exarchia the neighborhood has died and i hope they fucking fight it yeah yeah same like we need places like this in the world you know especially in europe where everything is so fucking sanitized um I just want to talk a little bit about Habibi before we, we wrap this up. So that's so fascinating. You saw this guy get shot. I believe CCF claimed that. I didn't see him. I was I was there. Uh, I was I was doing refugee research, uh, and my refugee research was at Gate Epsilon Ena E1 of Piraeus Port. That's where there was a 3,000 Syrian refugee uh, uh, camp, 3,000 person refugee camp, and I would come back home in the evenings to Exarchia, um, my, you know, I had a, a little spot that I was renting, and I would walk down in the evenings to get a little dinner of souflaki and an Alpha Magali beer uh, right there in the square on Themistoclios, and just before that, Habibi had been shot and killed, and I was told about it by my uh, really good Albanian friend who works at that cafe. Right, well, if I remember right, Habibi was killed by CCF, if I, th I think, right? They claimed it. I never heard that. I just heard it was anarchist, and the and the problem was that, for your audience too, Habibi was a well-known um, Egyptian-born drug dealer. Um, I'm not sure what his status was in the country. He dealt hashish, grass, and heroin, and maybe also cocaine. Um, and a week before the incident where, where he had been assassinated, he and some of his friends had actually pulled a firearm on anarchists uh, out in front of the Vox coffee house, which is a famous squat there. And then he got shot in the face. Well, you know, maybe don't deal heroin. Um, <laughs> I don't know. But uh, but no, no, I, no, you're right. Actually, I remembered it. It's, it was claimed by like 
the anarchists, if I remember rightly. You know, it was like very vague. Nobody actually claimed it specifically, but... Uh, on indie media, there was a huge uh, uh, release, and I'll actually send you the post in case you want to give it to your audience, um, you know, the, the post. And it wasn't the group itself directly claiming it, but it was one of their comrades in solidarity, actually signed to comrade in solidarity. And it, descri it described the altercation out in front of Vox, um, how the drug cartel, which they had called it, um, was starting to take over the neighborhood and poison the neighborhood and their decision to take action against it. And they even acknowledged uh, how other anarchists and more pacifistic movements um, would disagree with that decision. Yeah, which is kind of a, a, to me, sounds a little bit like CCF because they have very often been like, fuck that movement, fuck them, we don't care, you know. Um, but, you know, heroin comes into community, man. It, it fucking ravages a, a working class community. Certainly where I live, it has just destroyed so many people's lives. But anyway, that, that's besides the point. Um, is, is there anything else you want to mention before we go, mate, um, that you think we haven't covered with uh, about CCF? This has been excellent, by the way. I'm very glad we did this. No, just that, um, you know, in terms of its organization or hierarchy, I mean, you, part of your audience might say, well, who's its leader and who found it? It's neither a leaderless resistance movement, nor is it a vertically structured movement. It's, it's very higher, higher, uh, higher, excuse me, horizontally organized. And all of these kids must have met them, met one another within, uh, if not school, Greece is a very small country. There are only about 7 million Greeks living there. Uh, or, or more likely within these street cadres um, uh, following the 2008 protests. Um, and that insurgency when that young kid was killed. Um, and uh, Greece as a society has very much been suspended in a low to sometimes high intensity domestic conflict since 1945. It's experienced five coups d'etat in the 20th century, um, lived under two fascist juntas uh, that I can count. Um, the most significant of which being 1967 and 1974, um, and is a very divided society. And today it is approaching normalcy economically in its relationship with the European Union. We were all talking about Brexit way before Brexit, and now that's a great uh, unlikelihood. Um, they really have their house in order. One thing that concerns me, though, is that the center-right government under Mitsotakis and, and Neo Democratia, New Democracy, will consider an aspect of getting their house in order completely eradicating something so special and something so unique in which you and I have a mutual appreciation for, which exists in Exarchia, despite the fact that I'm not a member of the far left and I absolutely don't endorse guerrilla violence uh, or any of that, but um, I think some of their more righteous fights have been keeping that goddamn atrocious car park out of their neighborhood and building the beautiful uh, organic park they did. And there, there's nothing like that in the center of really kind of urban hells like, like Athens. Anyone who's been to Athens will not find ancient Greece there. They'll find something that's a lot more akin to Beirut. Um, and just in the dead center of that, you just have this beautiful, beautiful neighborhood and you forget where you're at, and it's extraordinary, uh, and it is a little bit of a kind of Lord of the Flies scene, but if you're cool and you're not an asshole and don't act like a cop, you'll be fine and no one will bother you. 
Um, and I have a lot of fear that that, that space is going to be destroyed by the state. Yeah, me too, man. Uh, you know, hopefully not. Um, there's one other thing I just thought of that I should have mentioned earlier. Um, did uh, CCF ever have direct combat with the fascists, with Golden Dawn, with all the Nazis that are running around there? Um, I don't remember reading about it, but I'm sure they must have. You know what? In all of their uh, targets, I've never heard of them attacking a far or hard right political office i've only actually heard of them attacking uh car dealerships banks um uh, and symbols and institutions of the state yeah they started with the gas bombs right with the car dealerships that was one of their biggest ones if i remember that was one of the first yep yeah yeah and it was like something like 11 targets you know in in 12 hours it's pretty extraordinary and it was across athens and thessaloniki yeah, wasn't it like on New Year's or something? Yes, yeah, or uh, no, 21st of January. Oh, okay, like another, yeah, okay. And they were, and they were, and I, I keep saying, I keep saying firebombs, they're not Molotovs, you're right, they were gas canister fi uh, uh, bombs. Yeah, like that goes off next to you, you're in bits, <laughs> like you're gone. Yeah, uh, no, a very serious uh, IED, so I, I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean, I didn't mean to, to diminish it, you're right, very serious gas canister bombs. But uh, yeah, man, thank you very much. It's been very, very insightful. Um, where can people get hold of you if they want to talk? I, d I definitely think people should because there aren't a lot of people doing uh, this serious kind of granular detail work on the, uh, the anarchists in Greece um, that I know of anyway. Um, where can people follow your work? If they want to get a hold of me on Twitter, I am the, and then one word, wannabe wonk or at Potemkin Brain. Um, and my name is... Tom Lord, I have a master's degree in international security studies, and I focusing uh, focus on countering violent extremism and arms control and uh, all that. Need I have fungible interests like you, Jake. Brilliant. Thank you very much, mate. Really appreciate that. Yeah, take care of yourself, man. I appreciate being able to nerd out with you on Greek anarchists, man. And I apologize if, if at times we were too rogue. That was Tom Lord speaking about the conspiracy of Cells Fire, a particularly complicated and hardcore militant anarcho-nihilist guerrilla movement in Greece. They're still active, they're still putting out communiques now and then, and like you said, if uh, there's more chaos in Exarchia, it looks like there could be another version of uh, CCF coming about soon, or at least something similar. If you like what we're doing here at Popular Front, please do consider subscribing on the Patreon for as little as $5 a month, which is like one coffee. You can get many, many bonus episodes. Uh, for $10, there's access to the Discord, which to be honest, has turned into this like hive mind of research. There are people from every walk of life all over the place, um, all to do with this community. It's really, really useful. So yeah, patreon.com slash popular front. Or if you want to support us another way, go to popularfront.co slash support. Or another way that helps us, you can buy the merchandise and look cool while you're doing it, while you're supporting. Go to popularfront.shop. We've got new stuff up there. The posters will probably be sold out by this time. The pink shirt is all sold out, but there's all the others there. The staple shirt, the uh, Ukrainian Slava shirt, like loads of stuff on there. And there's a lot more coming soon as well. Popularfront.shop. Thank you very much to the Defence Post who sponsored this episode. Defence Post uh, with an S, defencepost.com. Check them out. 
Also want to say, uh, go and check out Ferrat Batman's podcast. You might have heard of him. Um, he was on uh, one of our episodes. I forget which one, but he was he was in Syria at the time. He's a, he's a Kurdish volunteer who fights with the YPG, uh, born in Sweden though. Um, so it's an interesting mix there. Uh, Ferrat is a friend of mine. He's a good guy, a really good guy. And you should definitely check out his podcast called Combat Squad. It's funny, man. I don't know. like He's even called it Combat Squad, which is like... When you got to take a shit on the front line so yeah man it's it's like very serious but Ferrat is a very funny guy and it gives you an insight into the frontline fighting in rojava like i don't know unlike anything i've heard personally you know it's like a westernized kurd out there fighting for his people it's very interesting uh yeah look up combat squat or you can check him out on instagram instagram.com slash tacticurd so it's like tactical but tacticurd t-a-c-t-i-k-u-r-d that's ferrat uh good lad check him out also um check out friend of mine jesse zuckman he's got a new podcast it's pretty interesting mentalhealthmedia.org it's looking at mental health from a very different kind of perspective it's not this kind of nonsense oh yeah put this app on for five minutes and meditate and everything will be fine it's really not that um jesse's a cool guy he's the guy that made uh punk jews i don't know if you've ever seen that it's a old but very good documentary um yeah check it out mentalhealthmedia.org um it's a very important topic so yeah i definitely suggest you have a little listen to this podcast uh what he's doing is really cool i think uh, to keep up to date with Popular Front on Instagram, go to instagram.com slash popular.front. That's if we hadn't been banned, I don't know. We've got a backup at popularfront.co, an Instagram account there. Um, but yeah, we keep getting fucking reported. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's a nightmare, but whatever. Um, yeah, instagram.com slash popular.front. Uh, the website, popularfront.co. And Twitter, you can follow me, Jake underscore Hanrahan, or you can follow Popular Front CO. That's our official Popular Front Twitter. So, yeah. Also, subscribe on the YouTube, youtube.com slash Popular Front. A few weeks after this comes out, there will be a new documentary uh, about the protests in Hong Kong. So, me and cameraman Luke Pierce, we're headed out to Hong Kong because of a very generous Bitcoin donor who sent us money to be able to pay for the stupidly expensive flights from the uk to hong kong thank you very much again if you want to support us with bitcoin that has been a very useful method uh, go to popularfront.co support and you will see our bitcoin wallet address there thank you very much uh, to everybody the patreons as well um, thank you to the following people anthony kabarik adam berg snyder axel iverson brian mclaughlin callum ross chad walker christina rivetti Christopher Martin, Dan Donham, Daniel Shearer, David Gilmore, Diana Gorbanek, E. Louise Larson, Emiliano, Emily Molly, Fletcher Tate, Jack Mayhoff, James from the Discord, Joanne Stocker from Defence Post, Joel Tambusi, Josh, Juan Hernandez, Kay Hardy Roberts, Kyle N. Payne, Lawrence Abrahams, LH, who's been with us from absolute day one. Uh, Lee Kamadik, Margaret Bowling, Moody Al Rashid, Nate Van Door, Noah, Ari from Discord, Patrick Bronte, Peter McCormack from What Bitcoin Did, Q-Ball, Russia Alakidi, Rohan Abari, Ryan Sandercock, Skartoon Music, 
Sebastian from the Discord, Sarushe Hawazi, Stephen Davila, Teddy, Tom Lochrin, Tony Bin, Vida Provost, and Zachary Hinch. Thank you very much. Much appreciated. Without you lot, this would fall to bits quite fast. Thank you very much to everybody who's still supporting. Thank you to everybody who took part in the 10K campaign. Music in this episode, the intro was by Home and the outro is by Sun Black, aka Son of Old. Listen to his music at soundcloud.com slash sun-of-old. Dash dash